I just can't figure out if it's because you're advanced or because I'm stunted. You take the red pill. You stay in wonder. I am McLovin. You do not talk about Fight Club. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Glass 8 Film Club Podcast. Yes, here we are once again to dive into a film, unravel the plot and the themes, dig into it and let you know what we think about it, what it means to us and what it tells us about the film, the wider world of film and life and the world. And we've got another great new release for you this week, but before I dive into that one, of course, my compadre, film lover, intellectual icon and liver in the big smoke, it's Callum. How are you doing? Are you excited to dive into another film this week? I thought I thought you were going to describe me as a liver then. <laughs> like when you when you said when you said liver, yeah, I was just like I, I don't know why when you said liver in the it was like just a just a short pause after liver and then big smoke. I thought you were gonna, yeah. I don't think you're a liver. Just to con- confirm that on on the record. That's not that episode of the. You're Sim- much much more than that. It's not that episodes of the Simpsons, isn't it? It's like all oh, right, liver. Um, you seen that when they go when they, <laughs> exactly like that. Yeah, yeah. It's when they they go to a, like a stock car race or something, or like a yeah. Um, and Mister Burns has to have uh, sunglasses to to uh, look at the race. I don't know why I'm talking about the Simpsons, but that's well. I don't um, think you yeah. are either a liver or Mister Burns. I think you're your own individual intellectual person, Callum. And I'm very grateful for you to be here once again. I would, I would, I would quite like the power to release the hounds, though. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? I think I think everyone would like the power to release release the hounds. Well, we can in, release the hounds of film discussion if you like. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, I'll give you that power. Yeah, I mean, oh, fantastic! I'm well. I am. I am well, actually. I'm. I'm all right. Um, that's good. That's good to hear. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, I said I, that sounded like I'm not usually well, but. <laughs> Actually, um, yeah. You sound surprised. Well, I'm, I am. I am surprised. I mean, usually, usually, there's. I've got a lot to complain about, but there's. Um, I'm actually feeling quite jolly of late, which is quite nice. Because um, we're just rolling out of summer now into a bit of the autumnal era, which is actually, I will put this on record that autumn is my favourite season of the year. Is that without getting my theories too far out there, but summer is fantastic, but I feel there's too much pressure on summer. It's like, you've got to do summer, enjoy it well. It's like the Saturday of the week, whereas autumn, it's a bit more free-flowing, but you've still got a little bit of nice weather, good times, and people are more available to do things, and I've already been enjoying that in September, so I'm going to put that on the record, that autumn, my favourite season. I think that's why I'm feeling a little bit more so maybe relaxed or jolly, I think. I always find summer really stressful. Because um, you're right, everyone's wanting to do things, everyone's doing something, there is a pressure. That's interesting. And also, I don't really do the, the temperature for summer. I'm very much a jumper person. You know, I have, I have various... That's true. I have, and you've I got have a great a, collection. I do. I mean, I have a cupboard full of knitwear. Like, um, yeah, lots of cardigans and jumpers. Plus... Um, my wardrobe is exclusively made out of black t-shirts as well, which isn't really doesn't really. The summer and black t-shirts don't really 
go together. So it's a, it's a statement um, if you're wearing a black t-shirt in summer, isn't it? Well, I mean, I, I do I do wear a black t-shirt in summer just to just to make the statement really. Um, mm. And everyone everyone always There's nothing wrong with that. Comment. Well, everyone always comments. Oh God, you're in all black. It's like yes, I am, and what of it? Um, but the um, I think also it's it's returning to a normal blooming temperature as well. Like I, just, I can't do twenty nine degrees, thirty degrees, particularly in London. I mean, you're on a on the tube, but you feel like a boiling the bag fish. Like, I mean, <laughs> what an image that just is! Like, well, exactly. But that's what you feel like. But there's um, yeah, I feel like you know there's a, there was actually a, br- a breeze today, um, mm, and it was breeze. and it was nice. Um, I am going back up to uh, back up to the land of. Uh, I know they said the land of the free then, but I don't know why I was going to say that. <laughs> Blackpool, it, well, depending on your perspective. Yeah, famously known as the land the of free, the free. Yeah. Well, it's just like I'm going to get some sea air, get my sea legs out. Um, but no, I'm going to see Wheatus next Friday, which is going to be fun. That is exciting. It I is, can't yeah. wait for you to share the lowdown on that on the next episode. Yeah, that's going to be a... Yeah, I mean, the entire crowd is going to stand still for probably about... An hour and fifteen minutes, and then it's just going to pop off when they, when they, when someone finds out that they've got two tickets to Iron Maiden. You know what I mean? And it will be a magical moment, well worth waiting for. I imagine. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. How are you? Any- how are you well, anyway? Well, how am I? That's yeah. a good question, actually. We we always focus on you, don't we, Callum? Yeah. And yeah, I'm I'm happy to share my love of life, and I'm well. I had a very rejuvenating holiday recently to Scotland, a lovely remote part of Scotland in in Dumfries, where Mm. I enjoyed some sunshine, but I also enjoyed, let's say, getting in touch with nature. I went swimming in a loch. I went camping by a loch, lit a fire, cooked some sausages on the fire with a stick. You'll get more camping than that. By the loch as well. All done by the lock. By the lock, exactly. It was magical. Had a lovely sea day. It was a very crystal blue sea. So you don't need to go travel far and wide to get the nice seaside. There was a lovely one here on the coast of Scotland. And often with a holiday, I mean, the classic line is that you need a holiday after your holiday to get over the holiday. (laughs) But let me put it in a less... uh, uh, cliche form of that is often going on trips. You try and pack loads in. You stay up late, you you overindulge, and you are quite tired when you come back. Whereas this was, I slept a lot, I enjoyed the sunshine, I had a very casual pace of life, went on some nice walks, spent good quality time with friends, ate good food, and felt revigorated, rejuvenated, af- rejuvenated afterwards. And that's, I don't put enough holidays like that in my life. And that is, I think, what a holiday really is for, is getting that feeling. And it felt fantastic. So it was a reminder to have more wholesome, relaxing holidays as well as the full pelt exploring having it ones. So, yeah, Callum, I'm feeling very good off the back of that. Thank you very much for asking. Good. But before we back and forth uh, with our witty banter even further, let's put that on pause until next week for your... Uh, story of the Wheatus gig and dive into this episode's film because we've gone for a new release. We like to jump back and forth on old and new, but this one we were looking forward to for the last few weeks. There was a bit of off-episode 
excitement between you and I to check this one out. And intrigue, I say. I, excitement intrigue. And it lent itself to a trip to the everyman for me, which I'm always excited about because it normally means it's a slightly arty film that I can't get in the more mainstream cinemas. But that's enough for me, Callum. I want to throw the ball of cinema reviewing over to you mm. to give us one of your classic overviews of the film that you're about to tell us that we watched, please. So we went to see Past Lives. Um, it came out last Friday. Um, not the Friday just gone, the Friday before that. Um, at the time of recording. At the time of, yeah. Absolutely, yes. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it was uh, 2023 uh, American sort of drama, romantic uh, movie, um, written and directed by Celine Song. Um, it was her first film that she's directed, and um, it's just absolutely stunning. It stars Greta Lee, uh, Tao Yu, and uh, John Magaro, um, and had its world premiere at the Sundance Film Festival, so you always know you're in for a treat when Sundance is involved. Um Hallmark quality. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, but yeah, it follows the life of, of this couple who um, grow up together in uh, Seoul, um, focusing on uh, Na Young and Hei Sung. Um, they're basically classmates, and they develop a bit of an attraction for one another, and they go on a kind of like an arranged date that their parents organised. Um, however, um, shortly after the date, Na Young's family emigrate to Canada and she changes her name um, to Nora and the two and then uh, um, uh, Hei Sung sorry, stays in um, stays in Seoul and carries out military service and basically they both you lose lose touch essentially Nora eventually moves to New York to basically be a, be a playwright and um, the two basically don't speak to each other for several years basically um and they eventually reconnect over facebook and they start talking to each other online and over skype and they start to reconnect and reimagine what their lives were um the issue is that they both they both they're both i suppose in love i mean is it in love is that hyperbolic i'm not really sure but they're both um they're both very fond of one another's memory of how they remember one another rather than who they are now um, 12 years later um, in 2012 so the film is really about sort of um, reconnection um, uh, sort of a love and a sort of a, a, a connection over the past and what the past is and how the present changes the past or alters your idea of the past um, it's about uh, language as well actually how um, how uh, someone from Korea emigrates to the West, I suppose, and how the language, how her language changes, and how her identity changes as a consequence of that. Because um, uh, Na Young still speaks Korean. Um, well, they both still speak Korean, but um, Hei Sung is um, his English is 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 quite rudimentary. Um, but again, that's what the film's about. It, it's about sort of exploring language and exploring who you are and the idea of a couple who you're trying to remember but you don't really know they're almost they're so familiar with one another but they're also incredibly alienated by one another and it's a really crippling paradox in some respects and i just say it's crippling because it's such a sad film um which we'll obviously delve into marcus 
but that's um that's past lives for you. There you go. Callum, thank you once again for a lovely introduction and overview of that film, Past Lives. Straight away, I'm gonna pick up of just what you closed with there of the sadness of it. I, I'd go more into melancholy. Is that I feel that there is yeah, it, it ends in a way that you wouldn't necessarily long for in a romantically driven film. There's no closure or positive uh, expectation of how their future is going to go. It's dealt with in a very real, um, tough way, but it feels melancholic in the sense that there's a weird satisfaction to it and it rounds itself in that way. But yes, yet you go through all this emotional journey that they've gone through both internally with each other and then their respective partners and lives. And then it kind of comes to nothing and just dissipates at the end of the film, leaving you who's invested the time and emotion into it feeling a little bit empty, which is very interesting approach from a filmmaking perspective because okay let's we can look at it as a point of the narrative in that it's trying to do things in a certain way and look at it from a different angle and let's get into that a bit more in a minute but it's a bold move from a filmmaking perspective of asking an audience to invest a lot of emotion and time into a relationship and the emotional dynamics between these two characters and then very harshly kind of cut that off and let it come to nothing and it's not just a harsh ending in the way that like someone dies or they fall out or whatever it's just a an acceptance of oh maybe this isn't what we thought it was or this isn't real or life isn't going to allow us to do that it's kind of like go after something for all that time and then it just dissipates and doesn't starkly go anywhere it's just oh that was it, or maybe that was a waste or whatever. And that's the feeling you get, it's just a bit like mildly nihilistic emptiness at the end of it. <laughs> but even though that sounds really doom and gloom, I think that the quality of the film, the questions it poses and the places it takes you to are well and truly satisfying enough for you to enjoy that film even though the ending of it does make you feel a little bit down and melancholic and, yes, a little bit sad. So I think for what it does throughout the film, it's a fantastic, fresh angle, I'd say, on the romantic drama as it is. It's mildly funny, but let's call it a romantic drama genre, which has a lot of tropes traditionally, but this explores areas in your mind that you wouldn't necessarily go to and in a way makes you look at the slightly more melancholic and challenging side of your own longings and desires for your own life and that with others and I think it really works in that sense it's visually great but the way that the characters play out are fantastic and the fact that it does give you such that strong feeling at the end even though it's not one you might necessarily long for is a testament to how powerful the film is. So, yeah, a lot to go at there. Callum, what about you? What what instinctively did you get out of it? I love how you described it as mildly nihilistic. As <laughs> if, like, you know, there's, there's, there's various forms of 
of nihilism. I mean, it's, there is in my mind. <laughs> it's quite funny. Um, what did I get from it? I, you know what? Um, it did actually. It struck a real personal chord with me. You know. Um, yeah. This idea of sort of like reconnecting with somebody after a long time, or um, and trying to understand, trying to sort of trying to reconnect with someone who you once really liked or once had a connection with and then trying to sort of like piece together um what that relationship is um one when both of your lives are completely different actually no tell why when one person's life is completely different and the other person's life hasn't really changed because mm-hmm. um now young her she's changed so much i mean she's a playwright she's emigrated she's living very much a western style western culture in some respects whereas hai sung is um very much remained korean still lives with his family um which is culturally an important part of korean culture did did military service um and he hasn't really changed in some respects he's still very sensitive he's still very um Kind, I think, is the word. He's just a he's a very he's a very kind he's a very kind soul, a bit of a lost soul, really. But personally, I'm, I I I resonated with, with 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 both with both of them in different ways. I think the real drive of the, of the film is that there's not very many characters, which I think mm, yeah, yeah I think is I think is like quite um quite powerful because it allows you to focus really on the development of these two individuals and what and it make it makes their story so much more believable because the film isn't sort of like padded out with other characters or other plot holes or other stories it's very much their story um and it i think that's what gives the film its power um i thought the the um the dynamic between the two is really interesting in terms of how it's played out how their lives are played out and how their stories played out. It reminded me. I don't. I always. I always do this. I always. Everything is. Everything is back to history, doesn't it? But um, it is. Well, well everything is history. It, it Callum. Is, everything it, is history. It, history is everywhere. It's um. It's it's the human skin, isn't it? History that sounds weird. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, but it it is like we we are learning what it's like to live inside their skin. Um, that's what the history is. Anyway, um, but the the writing of their stories is is sort of like seeped in, sort of like it's almost kind of historical or philosophical theory, almost in the sense that who you think someone is is never really who they really are, and they they play with time so much. I mean, there's that scene at the end when it's like, oh, is is, is what we're currently because they're eventually reunited. I mean, he comes to New York to see her and there's that point when he's just getting into the taxi and he says oh is this is this our past life is this an imagination of what our future is going to talk about where we reconnected and we were both living seemingly different lives but then we recognized that and came together and it's very open-ended and um anything's possible really but also there's a sort of uh the, the nihilism the mild nihilism <laughs> that you were talking about all important mild nihilism yeah um you know when she says there's that scene when her and her new husband are lying in bed they they meet at a writer's retreat don't they yeah and I think this is a key scene in the film definitely yeah and um he's saying oh you know you make my world so much bigger um and she's like what do you mean it's like well you know and the, he never actually says it but it's heavily implied that because she's korean 
um, his world is enhanced massively. Um, and, you know, oh, you know, you, you've just married a plain old Jewish boy from New York. Um, my world's really small, whereas yours is really big. And, you know, he kind of alludes, you know, oh, if we didn't meet at, a, at this writer's retreat, would you have married somebody else? And she says, it's my life and I'm living it, living it with you. And I think that's just such a perfect response because not only does it highlight highlight his insecurities, but it also highlights like just how um, how we, we drift through life and chance encounters or chance and the you can you nothing is preordained. Um, you never know where what's going to happen or where life might take you. But the one final point I want to make of what sort of struck me about it as well is the interplay between. Um, there's a bit of Orientalism in there at the start of the film when we, there's an American who is trying to... Uh, there's Nai Young and um, uh, Hei Sung sat with um, Nai Young's new husband and they're, they're like, oh, are they a couple? It's like, oh, no, they can't possibly be a couple. I reckon such mm-hmm. and such is visiting. It's like, you know, a Korean woman with a white man can't possibly be together. And it's just it's very sort of like... Um, it, it, it alludes to the essentializations that exist in the West about Asia. Um, and then there's the, and obviously the reference to, um, you know, you make my world so much bigger because she's from Korea. Um, I just thought it was a re- two really subtle moments of um, um, important interplay between culture. And that's what the characters are. That's what the, that's what the story is about. It's about culture and the past and how they're both living very different cultures, and yet they think they share the same past, but they share a an imagination of that past. Um, yeah, that's that's what struck me. Just just a few things, Marcus. Just a just a few just things. A few things that, there, <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to pick up on that scene as well, where they're in bed, because as I just butted in before, I think that is a key scene in the film, summing up what the whole film is about really and as you say a husband there is kind of prodding at her saying <laughs> not physically <laughs> <laughs> sorry that a, yeah. I could have gone in the wrong direction <laughs> get your get your head out of the gutter my head's the one that's usually in the gutter like you apologize yeah. about that <laughs> <laughs> they're in bed together and he is emotionally prodding at her um, looking for some kind of response to what does he mean in her life as you say he's a bit insecure but there's a there's an exploration there based around the idea of if they hadn't met in that situation or if they weren't the only single people there or if that scenario hadn't played out then would it have would he have easily just been replaced by someone else who had the same life situation as him if another single person would have been there when they met would she have had the same life with him and it's just circumstance that plays it out and that's what he's getting at because he wants some kind of justification from her that no his uniqueness his importance is what adds to her life and no one else could have replaced that and I think that's really powerful because one it taps into I think an insecurity we all have as individuals is that our life is uniquely important and that we want to feel validation for who we are and our existence has a unique impact on the world and those around us. 
but it also taps into another insecurity that we all have. The flip side of that is that once we allow our mind to flip towards the way he's going of saying, well, well, a lot of things do just happen by chance. As you were saying, we float through life encounters happen as we do. Of course, we can't plan everything and things that then have knock-on effects would be different if they weren't. So does that then mean, well, we're not really that important. We're just people floating around the world, things happening out of our control and that we don't have a unique influence on the world. And let's say in this sense of relationships, whether it be romantic or friendly or whatever other sense of connection is that, well, they're just encounters that happen. It's like you're not uniquely uh, adept at giving someone something someone else couldn't. You don't have a unique importance. And that is a scary thought for anyone who allows themselves to think about it because then you think about your existence as not that meaningful. And that's what he's allowing himself to do in that moment. And I think that's what the whole film is about. And what I think it cleverly does is takes a genre that stereotypically and traditionally takes a more optimistic view to romantic endeavors and romantic prospects by saying well the answer to that question in most romantic uh, dramas and comedies of if we wouldn't have met in that situation or if someone else would in that situation would your life have been the same is no fate brought us together or this happened for a reason we met for a reason we are right for each other or it only played out this way because we have a unique connection with each other that's the optimistic answer to that question and what the one that is artistically portrayed most commonly but what this film does it goes on the flip of that it says what is on the flip side of fate and the flip side of fate is exactly what i've just outlined is no, these are just random occurrences and that, yes, we've ended up together because of that random occurrence, but somebody with my same qualities of life or in the same situation could quite easily have slid into that moment and you could be married to them and be equally happy because of all that. And that's a terrifying thought. And that's the reason I think films don't dive into it because the flip side of fate is terrifying to look at. It's not something that fills us with joy and passion and excitement by saying the person we're connected with, we're only connected so deeply because of a unique connection we have and shared interests and shared outlook on life. It says that, well, a whole number of people could have been in this situation and shared what we're saying is a connection. It just so happens you were the person to do it and this is why we're here now. That's not exciting, that's not fulfilling, and that's the reason films don't dive into it, because it doesn't leave you with an optimistic look at what is one of the deepest human emotions, and that is love and connection and feeling that somebody else understands you. This looks at the other side of it and saying, well, yes, you might get that feeling, but so many other people could have it with that same person. It's nothing truly unique, and we want to feel unique, and this film is very brave in looking at that other scary side of fate, but I think it does it very well. And it's, I think a great film is when you're watching something and you can feel a part of your mind that you don't explore on a regular basis, really going and firing on all cylinders and being like, okay, yeah, it's making me think and feel things that I might necessarily dive into because they are maybe a bit scary or they are a bit alien. And this film does it well. 
It's not terrifying as it ends. It's melancholic, yes, but it allows you to explore an area you wouldn't necessarily look at, and it does it beautifully. It does it with a gentle touch, but it does it very effectively. I think that's what rounds it off of being a really good film, and I think it's a very powerful way of looking at something. Mm. What about what about you? What do you think is like the overriding message the film's trying to um, get? Where is it trying to take you? I think um, I think it's it, it's a comment on memory, and I also think it's it's a comment on um, sort of on the one hand, it's about sort of like a a relationship on the surface, but actually, I think it's more about age and more about sort of. Um, when you feel something so intensely, um, what and and then when you can't sort of actualize that feeling, it's you 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 whip up all sorts of ideas in your mind about what it could be. Because um, I mean, even when they were kids, I mean, obviously, like there's that famous quote by. Um, Benjamin, I say famous quote, that well-known quote that everybody uses by Walter Benjamin. I've, I mean, that you reference every other episode. That I reference every other episode, <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, you know, looking back at your childhood is like looking through the wrong end of a telescope. I've said it many times before, I've, every other episode. So I'm, I'm putting that phrase into the popular consciousness, that's what I'm doing. Um, but it is... <laughs> that's what you do, Callum, that's what you do. <laughs> but it, I, think, I think it's a comment on memory and how, and how you remember your 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 life basically um and then how that informs your present um on the what that's what i think it that's what i think it's that's the spine that's the spine of the film um and then the relationship is kind of the the thing that the, is the is the flesh in some respects um i think it's so sad in the sense that um they both because the, the, none of them are particularly callous well none of them are, they're, they're not they're not callous they're not horrible that are they're, they're, they're good people that are just moving in different paces in their life um and it's nobody's fault that they're not together but of course as as you know there's there's good pedigree for um a, you know a, a drama a romantic drama of, of there being an endpoint where they get together um because you know everyone wants a happy ending whether in a romantic film um, or there's at least a a good line in the sand drawn at the end of yeah. why they're not together. Exactly. Yeah. It feels underwhelming her going back to her husband because you're like, well, actually, this isn't the ideal situation. Well, I think I think it's even I think it's more that makes it more rooted in the in reality and rooted in the present in yeah. some respects. You know, because she's so she's cool as a cucumber throughout the whole thing, and then we finally see a kind of a vulnerable side to her character. Yes. Right yeah. at the very end, don't we? When she just breaks down crying, it's also it's almost Such like she's a good ending. It's almost like she's been holding it in for the past hour and a half, whereas he's been like very sort of. Um, there is a sort of sadness that surrounds him. There is a musk and an aura around um, his yeah. character that sort of just that runs throughout the whole film. Even the way he speaks, it's all very sad. Um, and whereas she's like cool as a cucumber, and until the very end, um, it's almost like to quote Spectre, only because I went to see them recently. It's like um, these girls like to pretend they can't feel anything anymore. Um, there's an element of um, of that I think into her character, 
and her vulnerable side is shown when she breaks down breaks down crying at the very end into her husband's arms and it's just yeah. so and, that, and that's the like the confusing dynamic yeah. isn't it it leaves you with but it's but it, it shows that you know the um their relationship is is um it, it is just how it is it's like they are both two people living on opposite sides of the world that um had something and it makes you it makes you wonder whether they ever really had something because they're only remembering their childhood and of course the bridge between their childhood and the the when when he goes to new york is the skype conversations that they have that's the bridge that allows what allows them to reconnect. But then the point I think is which really cuts deepest in it all of like, well, what is the more than that? In that it's mm. basically exploring how we write the stories of our lives and how we believe in stories, how we long for the stories of our lives. But what are those and how real are they? So I think, it, yes, the plot makes you think, well, how much of a connection did they really have? They were only like close when they were kids and then they got a closeness via video call all those years later. And then they only finally see each other again when they're in their early 30s. So the suggestion there is that, well, did they really have anything? Was it just a a longing for the childhood or something that existed then? I think that's the straight read there mm. of the subtext. Bang. Beyond that, I would then say, is where it really gets emotionally challenging for the viewer, i.e. me. <laughs> and as, <laughs> the impact I felt of it is that you're then questioning, well, what is the beyond that? It's like, yes, okay, these are stories that they tell themselves of a connection that they have, for, and it's from their childhood, and therefore you might think, well, they're just thinking of that because it is from the childhood, but... But what does make us feel things anyway? What does make our lives meaningful? What does make a connection meaningful? And the the end of the film concludes, well, it doesn't conclude, the plot concludes in basically her life, a meaningful connection is a practical one because she is with her husband. Yeah. And that, and and I don't think we should get too carried away of saying that they don't have a deep, meaningful connection because obviously we see that we, they do. But that's very much built on a practical one. Whereas this one from childhood that's developed, I think that the first read of that, we can go, well, they're just trying to hold on to something from the youth. But my next step of that is, well, without stories that we tell ourselves about our lives, are we long for in our lives? Where does the meaning come from? Is it just literally practical things that happen to us and i think as the optimist within me always longs for those stories and believes those stories exist and are what make us because beyond that we are just people doing things that feel right in that certain moment whereas kind of what makes us beautifully human is that extra level of we can believe in bigger things and write our narratives and mm. and feel love and connection because of something that is bigger than us and that's what cuts cut through to me in it is that yes they're saying goodbye to something that may maybe only lived within them because of their childhood connection but why is that so hurtful to them because that is a powerful and beautiful and true thing just because it is something that necessarily didn't happen in the practical reality it's something that was meaningful and powerful and create a story that they both believed in and, and meant something to them and then once you hit the end of the film you're basically saying to yourself 
well, these stories are make-believe and don't happen and don't mean anything in our real lives. All we have is just practical drudgery of whatever happens in our lives and and impacts <laughs> us. Is That's the most meaningful connection that we can hope for. And that's that hurts, I think, to yeah. the character. That's why she breaks down because it's a loss of that belief in something bigger, but also at the same time for the audience, it's quite cutting in that sense. And as I was saying before, there's not a hard line drawn of like, oh, they both fall in in love with someone that's definitely better for them or one of them's ill and dies and it can't be, but they still hold the memory. It's like, oh no, that connection's all still there. It's just they accept that, oh, like maybe this can't really happen or whatever and that's the frustration of it but and it was a quite convoluted way around it there but i think that my reaction and response to that is coming from that idea of our stories that we create our lives about and even though that sounds like a negative i truly believe that that is actually part of what makes us who we are is that ability to do that and we feel deep connection because we can do that not in spite of it and that's why it's saddening because reality gets in the way of the bigger human stuff which is obviously all too real for everyone in their lives realizing that when do you feel most human it's when those bigger connections and those bigger feelings are in touch with whatever makes you feel beyond what it is that everyday life gets crushed by everyday life and i think that's why it hurts so much for everyone involved at the end of the film yeah like yeah blimey it is it is it is <laughs> it is it is it is that though isn't it it's just i mean it's so sad you know why it's sad because it's bloody it's real it's it, mm. it it's it's a story that um i think is um just so honest uh, you know what it was? It was um it reminded me a lot of After Sun actually that we reviewed a while back. Um You reviewed. You wrote the article. I've not seen it yet. Oh of course, yeah, I did write the article for Which it. Which you can find on glassamedia.com forward slash blog. I did that deliberately. Just to just to get the just to plug the blog. <laughs> <laughs> get that in. Um yeah. yeah, but when I when I wrote the the, the article for After Sun, um when I wrote the article for After Sun, <laughs> makes me sound like I, I wrote for like the Guardian or whatever. Um, but yeah, um, say is is up there with the Guardian. Well, saying that though, um, Commode has given up being the Observer's film critic. So come on, Observer, there's an opening there for two. Here we go. Here we go. What yeah. more can you ask for? Anyway, we we I digress. But yeah, no, it's um, it's the film itself is it's sad. Because it's um so honest, and the reason why I mentioned After Sun is because it's there's a lot of parallels between the between After Sun and and this movie, um, in how it's um how it constructs relationships, and how, in a lot of respects, when you're reflecting on a relationship with somebody, um, it's always quite crippling, um. After Sun's about the the sort of suicide of, of 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 the kid's father, whereas I think this is more about the sort of the the death of something that hasn't even died. Wow. In in some respects. Wow. Yeah. 
on that note, let's wrap this up. The, de- <laughs> <laughs> the death of something that hasn't even died. Wow. Yeah. There's some unbelievable lines come out of this episode. <laughs> wow. The merch machine for t-shirt is going to be going onto overdrive. Sounds like a David. Sounds like a David Lynch t-shirt, doesn't it? It's like the death. Yeah. The, the, the death of something that hasn't even died. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That'll be ringing in the ears of all the listeners for the rest of the week. Right, let's wrap this up, God help Callum. Them. God help them. I think I've gone in a lot of detail of how I feel about the themes of this film, what it provides, what it gives, and the journey it takes you on. So I'm not going to recap on all of that. I'm just going to say I think it was a beautiful film, visually fantastic, not overly complex, like Callum said, not loads of characters, which means you can really get invested in the main characters, their journey, and you want to dive into their connection and their experience because that is the main thrust of the film. Just a little nod from a filmmaking perspective, I enjoyed in the different eras how the technology matched the era that they were meant to be in when mm. when they were Skyping each other. Yeah, yeah. The, the laptop, yeah. I just, that little, mm. that little um, feature and element, I just enjoyed like the Skype browser that they used of being from that time and bits like that. That that gave me a little bit of extra filmmaking satisfaction. But overall, really good watch. Even though the melancholy at the end is a little bit cut in, hey, we ask for that in film, don't we? We want something to make us feel, give us a reaction, and this definitely gives us that. Fantastic film. Really enjoyed it. Nine out of ten. Callum, what about you? I mean, yeah, it's just absolutely stunning visually intellectually you know the actors are brilliant um characterization's brilliant it 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 has there's there's themes in there that i think are timeless people have been having these debates about what it means to live for hundreds and hundreds of years and i think it's it's just so contemporary and it's so fresh um but at the same time it's still it's still rooted in something that's familiar to us all I'm gonna give it ten out of ten. I can't fault it. I will. I might go and watch it again. Actually, um, well, now that point. is praise. Um, that is praise. I will. I will spend another eighteen pounds at one of the various London cinemas to go and watch it again um, after I get paid. Because I'm, I'm, I've got, um, yeah, to quote Ian Beale, I've got nothing left. Um, <laughs> yeah. What a way to end the episode. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, thank you, Callum. Thank you very, very much for that. Always great when we get one that we both really love, and this was one of those moments. And thank you for listening. I hope you all enjoyed the film and felt the passion that we did, but we always love to hear what you thought of it and what you thought of our thoughts as well. The real inception of thinking. But get onto our Instagram page if you're not already on that there. Um, Our tag is the Glass 8 Film Club. Let us know what you think comment on one of our posts or drop us a dm if you want a bit more of a, a private debate about the film we're always happy to have a discussion and uh, it always helps us if you give us a little review on spotify or apple podcast that would be fantastic please but of course we've got plenty more reviews coming up soon we've got some more good conversation episodes if you've not already listened to the ones from this series get back and check them out but we've got a huge back catalogue of the glass a film club podcast of course we have we've been banging on about films for years now and we've got some fantastic guests that share their insights and knowledge into the industry film people video people creatives from all walks of life check those out as well 
But that was that. Thank you, Callum, once again for having a little chinwag with me and picking another film. Thank you all listeners for having a listen and engaging with us and hey, there's you know, we we want to talk all night long. We we find it difficult to end these episodes when we do. So whatever you want to hear from us, let us know if there's any films you want us to check out in the coming months there's some great releases lined up or any classics to add to our collection as well but until next time keep checking the films out keep checking out what we've been talking about and send us your comments and messages but until next time that was the glacé film club podcast we'll see you all later